Good morning on this uh, September 25th, 2020, for another episode of So Maybe the Time to Listen. This episode is called Aladdin. No, he's not. Once again, Aladdin. No, he's not. Genie in a bottle. Three wishes. Grant me what I ask. Well, you got the wrong mindset. There's too many years people have treated the Sovereign Lord as a genie in a bottle. It became, in certain areas of civilization, still is. It's a self-centered type of nature that is deceptively part of the me syndrome. You know, everything being me, me, me. As someone I, w- I know, currently know now, as someone I know once said to me, you know, too many Christian songs today are me songs. There's an example, they say in, in the lyrics, Lord help me out of this situation. Lord help me, rescue me. Lord deliver me, heal me. Yes, we all need every... We all need help every once in a while, but it's gotten out of hand. It doesn't make any sense. Now, where's God's glory in all this? Is the God getting the glory out of this? But it seems to have turned the corner, though. There are more and more songs, either new ones or ones that's been hiding in the wings. They have emerged about the goodness of God and not so much the individual problems. Hmm. Is it because of COVID-19 that God is getting a bit more attention? Could be. Should be. When people's livelihoods are affected, they usually take notice. The question is, to what do they turn? Well, they have the blame game. You know, the famous blame game. It's Trump's fault. No, it's Pelosi's fault. Whichever one they feel like saying. Or, it's climate change to blame. If we didn't have fossil fuel, the climate wouldn't keep changing. Or, they'll say, do these scientists really know what they're talking about? Or are they making things up as they're going along? Or still, the media is at fault. The media is at fault for all this confusion. Either they pump fear into people unnecessarily, or they should be paying paying closer attention to something and they let it slide. Well, it's obvious our focus is on me, me, me. You know, looking for Aladdin to bail us out. But for the church, God is to be worshipped as God. He controls everything. For most, for a lot of people, Biden or Trump is their Aladdin. Being apolitical myself, I don't have a nickel in that quarter. So I stay out of it. Prophecy overrides politics any day. And the answer is not in the Republican Aladdin 
but Democratic Aladdin. And definitely not the far left or far right Aladdins. So where's the answer? Well, let's see. It's where it's always been. As near to you as your lips. Yet, as a whole, we won't use our mouth to cry out to God for forgiveness for messing up this country through slavery, abortion, greed, murders, sexual immorality, and conceit, among others. There's a lot more. You might say, unsafe person might say, well, not me. I'm not for any of those things. Hope not. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter. Everyone has been born under a curse and must be released. Do, do you have a biblical proof of that? Well, Romans 3, 23 from the NASB. I'm not going to read them. I'll just tell you briefly what it's about. Romans 323 for the NSB, that's um all have sin that comes short of the glory of God. So nobody can come into the world and say I never sinned. Psalms 5105 from the complete Jewish Bible. That's the one that says I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Romans 5 and 12 for the NSB. I think that one says that um and Adam will die when the Christ will be made alive. Or rather, death came into the world through Adam. So if it wasn't for Adam, there'd be no death. Adam messed up, so death came into the world. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. That's about, um, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we say we never sinned, we'll make him out to be a liar. And St. Luke 13, 1 to 5 says, the NIV says, that's about um, Jesus telling people, you know, not to look at the sins of others are so bad, but he tells people when I say, look, you all have to repent. If you don't repent, you're going to likewise perish. Just like those, just like anybody else who may be a murderer. Who may be into sexual immorality, may be into greed, uh, abortion, all that stuff. He said, Don't point at them. You have to repent too, or you're going to likewise perish. So, to the unsaved person who thinks that, Oh, I'm okay. I just, just have to go to church. I just, I just have to uh, look at my Bible once every three months. A person thinking like that. The reason we have to be changed is because we've been born under a curse next to Adam. Messing up in the garden. So, I'll go back, I'll read this thing I said before. Where I said, uh, so where's the answer been? It's been where it's always been. It's as near to us as our lips. But we won't use our mouth to cry out to God. For forgiveness for messing up this country. All the different ways we've messed up this country since, well, I'll go back even to their the independence. You want to go back to 1776? Talk about this country. Ever since slavery, uh, abortion, 1973, 
greed, which has always been around, murders, which has always been around, sexual immorality, which has always been around, and conceit, which has always been around. So, if you want to say the last 20 to 44 years, all these things have been around just keep chipping away at the goodness of this country. What do you mean the goodness of this country? Geographically speaking, this is a beautiful country. If you ever gone around this country, different states, and look at the beauty of it, the landscapes and the and the everything, the trees, the the mountains, the valleys, the fields, this is a very beautiful country. But we keep chipping away at the morality of it over the last 244 years through these things I mentioned. So don't take the the uh, the position that oh I'm not so bad I'm a good person uh, we have to stop that <laughs> or have sin to come short of glory of God anybody born in the world you're born under a curse and the only way to get out of it is to give Christ your life <clears throat> now backtracking a little bit we can do things that we think are going to help society we think they're gonna help society, but according to Psalms 115 and 3 from the complete Jewish Bible, God says, we, we say, our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Whatever God pleases, he does what he's gonna do. His will is gonna be done no matter what. So I can pray for something, he desires to answer my prayer but it has to be in his will. If it's his will, you'll get it. <clears throat> if it's not in his will, well, you mean I get it. And you, you know that for a fact. Sometimes you pray for something and you just know it's the right thing. You think it's the right thing, but then you don't get it because it's not in the plan of God. See, our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. So, who, who, no, I won't say that. Romans eleven thirty four, from the NLT. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? See, we can't boss God around and tell him what to do. He's going to do what he's going to do. Not because he's mean. Or not gonna, not, he's not a dictator. He's not going to say, hey, take, take this, take that. But he's going to do what's in the best interest of us. And on him first, he's the one who's going to get the glory. So people unsaved can't think they're no more than God. Or even saved, we can't think you're no more than God. Do, do we know enough to give him advice? No. No, not at all. Now to the saints of God, this was a, a prayer of Paul that he wants the saints of God to have. He says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19 from the NIV, part of his prayer. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure 
of all the forms of God. So first he wants Christ to dwell in their hearts by faith. Not by man's knowledge, not by studying a bunch of textbooks and you have academic knowledge that's not good enough. He wants Christ to dwell in your hearts by faith. <clears throat> and by being rooted and established in his love, with the power of his love and the power of the Holy Spirit, you may have the power together with all the saints so that we get to a point where we understand just how wide and how long and how high and how deep is love of Christ. But you're never going to understand it fully. Why? Because his love surpasses knowledge. Like I say to myself sometimes, we live in this third dimension where we see things, length, height, depth, we can see things with our eyes, but there's another dimension, the fourth dimension, the unseen world, where Christ dwells, where the angels dwell, where demonic forces dwell. And we can't see that, but we know it's there. And we try to solve problems, spiritual problems, in the third dimension, and we can't do it. You can't resolve something spiritual in this dimension. You have to get in contact with God and let God work it out. Let God fix it. Through his, because in his dimension, he passes the laws of physics. He made physics for us down here. But he's the one who will alter it. If he doesn't want to do something through physics, he'll do a miracle some other kind of way. He, does, he doesn't have to stick to physics. He doesn't have to stick to the third dimension. He's not in this dimension. So his love surpasses our knowledge how far we can understand love. It goes way past that. And he wants to be filled with the complete measure of the fullness of God. So Paul is desiring that, in other words, that we know as much about God as we possibly can. Nobody's ever gonna know everything because God's infinite. <clears throat> infinite power, infinite wisdom. We're never gonna know everything about God as possible. And this is also important for us to know, for unsaved and saved people to keep this in mind. Now, if you keep this in mind and relate it to Psalm 115 and 3, you'll understand that God is so great and so powerful and, and that he controls everything. This is Isaiah chapter 45, verses 5 to 7. From the NASB. <clears throat> I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, in other words, I'll clothe you, even though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. So if you keep that in mind, the average person will say, oh, he's mean. He creates calamity. He creates darkness. Yeah, listen to it. It's telling you both ends. 
he's the one who formed light? You say, yeah, I agree with that. But he's also the one who creates darkness. I don't understand. The Lord, he does everything. What what I say, think back to Psalms. Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever places him. Okay. Creating, causing well-being. Okay, we believe that. Causing well-being and creating calamity. The stuff that's going on right now around the world. Look, the Lord, how can I say it? He's allowing it to happen. And he can create calamity if we don't listen to him. We don't obey his commandments. A, remember that, that list I read before? About the abortion, the slavery, the sexual immorality, all that stuff. Those are things God is holding over mankind. Not just the United States, but the whole world. And we can see the calamity. Well, we can see the <laughs> the uh, pestilence that is all over the world now with the coronavirus. So God can do both. He can create things good and create things bad. The last line of Isaiah 45, 5-7 says, I am the Lord who does all these. Keep that in mind. I am the Lord who does all these. So God can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants. Yes, he's, he's definitely good all the time. And calamity and darkness will only be put on people if they keep kicking against him. That's the only time he pulls it out. He doesn't pull it out to be mean. So that should tell us if, if it's being pulled out now, we must have been doing something wrong for a long time. Because God is merciful, he's slow to anger, he's quick to forgive. So in order to see all this stuff, we must have been going bad for a mighty long time. And when he was in the wilderness talking to Satan, St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 from the NIV says this. Jesus' answer is written, Man, including woman, shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, you can't pick and choose the verses you like, the scriptures you like. It says, you're not going to live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you, you can't just live on natural things. You have to take the spiritual things of God and pay attention to them and apply them to your life. Now I want to read three verses about a king, Nebuchadnezzar, who had a me attitude. Now not necessarily an Aladdin type attitude, but he had a me type attitude. This is from Daniel chapter 4, verses 30 to 32. So 30, 31, 32 are three verses. He, Nebuchadnezzar, said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as a royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Here you go. You get the I and the my and the my. So he thinks it's all about him. Sound familiar? Even as the words were on his lips, a voice from heaven came. 
This is what the creep. This is what is the creep for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people, and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by you. In other words, seven years. Seven years will pass by you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Hello. So this king spent seven years, his hair grew long, he had nails like bird claws, and he was eating grass like an ox. And he was out there with the wild animals. He wasn't around any people. For seven years. And then he finally came to his senses after the seven years. And God restored the kingdom back to him. But as long as you understand that God is in charge of everything. And that we need to be humble. That we get on much better. Now I know TV is supposed to be just TV. But looking through the spiritual lens of things, you can see all the look at me. I'm great. I'm the best. You know, men getting softer while women get a harder attitude that the media is cramming down for ever so slick and quietly. And it's done with a smile. Don't be fooled. They're trying to get, they're trying to get society, culture to change. They want men to be softer, women to be harder. Like I, I think somebody even tapped a couple of years ago. He said, "Oh, blue is for boys, pink is for girls, and, and boys should be able to play with dolls, and girls should be able to play with trains." And uh, they're trying to change it. But what's in there, in there? Girls naturally tend to go after the dolls and they like pink. So what? Boys primarily go after trains and they like blue. So what? If that's what they like, that's what they like. Why you gotta try and change them? Just leave it alone. All right. Well, now adding to that, let's face facts. Most men don't wanna hug a bodybuilder they want to hug a woman. Right? They don't want to hug somebody that feels like them. So let's be humble and stay in our lane. Now, I'm not going to give you any more examples at this time because I don't want to go off into the weeds or go down a rabbit, down a rabbit trail away from the subject. <clears throat> Now, we may not want to admit it, but we know that the country and the world has changed for the worse. Now, you might say, well, this next election is probably the most impactful one we've ever had. We don't know the half of it. I'm not telling you to vote. I'm not telling you to not vote. Like I said, I'm apolitical. Because I want to tell you this. Whoever wins... Still expect more chaos. Why? Because prophecy wins out over politics. Expect more frequent and intense weather patterns. 
Why? Because prophecy wins out over weather science. Expect my lack of food, crumbling individual economic circumstances, and civil unrest. You know, I really hope you don't think that rioting is automatically going to stop if the Democrats win. Don't be that naive. Prophecy wins out over humankind's desire to make things better. No God, no change. Now let's have a word of prayer. Lord God, open our eyes. Let us see what you're doing to us. Excuse me, what you're doing for us. Let's examine our own heart and not point fingers at each other. Lord God, we need you like we never need you before. And for the skeptics, if the people don't believe, let something happen so that they can't deny it. They can't deny your existence. They can't deny that the country is going a certain way. It's time for us to get curious and to get serious. Let's, let's examine your word. If we never looked in your word before, let's start looking at it. And let's stop trying to make logic out of it. You don't dwell in our dimension and our time. You're higher than us. So the things that are written that may seem too fantastic to us, that's just because we're not looking at it on the right level. We're taking it out of context and we don't believe that you can do that. But you can, you can do anything. Except fail. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You're not Aladdin. You're not a genie in a bottle. We just don't get three wishes. We just don't get what we want because we think you're supposed to get us to our needs. You're God, you're the sovereign God. We have to come up to your standards. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lord, open our understanding and allow us to be real in what we do. Because if we're not real, you know it already. And man doesn't know it. Lord Jesus, we thank and praise for everything you've done. And we pray, Lord God, to keep our minds in on you. And allow us to be real in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Now, I just want to give you a little reminder for, for tom- oh, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday. Tune in on one of your devices, Saturday, tomorrow. Anywhere from 7.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for the Natural Day of Prayer in Jonathan Kahn's address to the nation from Washington, D.C. Now, the prayer appears to be the one that was done in 2017. However, I believe his address that he's going to give is current. We'll see. So I, I couldn't, I didn't see that where it's on TV, but it, it will be on, I can't get it through my phone, so I'll do that. I can't wait. He's been talking about it in his, uh, 
that thing I get monthly sapphire. Excuse me, he's been talking about it. And that's the name of prayer. So during the day tomorrow, stay prayerful and pray. This is around this around Jewish holiday time. You know, Kippur is coming up on Tuesday, I believe. No, Monday night. No, Sunday night, sorry. Day of Atonement. Sunday night, I guess it's 6 o'clock. Through Sunday, through Monday at 6 o'clock. You you know, Jew starts at 6 o'clock. Go 6 to 6. We go go 12 to 12, midnight. They go 6 to 6. But either way, we need prayer for this nation, obviously. This is not the time to be anti-Semitic. This is not the time to be anti-God. This is the time to put your pride down. Be, be humble. Don't be arrogant. And if we pray to the nation, God will move. If we're humble and we mean it, we're sincere in our heart, we come with a heart full of thanksgiving and ask God for forgiveness for this nation, we don't know what will happen. So we just want to give God the glory for everything he's done. And I hope you got something out of this. Aladdin? No, he's not. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's a sovereign God who deserves our respect, our honor, and our reverence. So to God be the glory and may he keep you and bless you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.